Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome. It is lovely to be with you another week on 1111 Talk Radio. I am delighted today because I have a veteran guest that is on today. I think I have had Jason Gregory on for every single one of his brilliant books, and he has written quite a few. Uh, The last time that I had him on, he was uh, talking about his book, Effortless Living. He has written another book that was brilliant, that uh, was fasting the mind and today we are going to be talking about his latest book which is uh, which is a, a beautiful book on peak performance it's called emotional intuition for peak performance secrets from the sages for being in the zone Jason's a teacher and an international speaker specializing in the fields of eastern and western philosophy comparative religion metaphysics and ancient cultures and for many years he has lived in Asia, studying the spiritual traditions and meditative practices of Buddhism, Hinduism, and Taoism, visiting some of the most remote places in the world. And as I said, he is also the author of Enlightenment Now, Fasting the Mind, Effortless Living, The Science and Practice of Humility, and now Emotional Intuition for Peak Performance. Emotional Intuition for Peak Performance is the culmination of seven years of work going all the way back to 2013. And through the process of writing many of his other books, particularly Fasting the Mind and Effortless Living, and cultivating a dedicated practice of his own, this book came about, and he discovered and created this work to teach individuals how to cultivate skill and experience for peak performance. Uh, It's an optimal experience in life is not something that just happens to you through an abundance of wishful thinking as much as we want to to say that we can have it drop out of the sky. It does depend on the skills you've acquired that allow you to reach that peak state of performance. And you are required to set the conditions in your life that will swing things in your favor. The commitment, the dedicated hard work that is also required and allows you to achieve that end. Many times individuals want to recoil from the hard work because we're used to other people telling us what to do in exchange for financial reward. But if you really want to excel in your life, it does take blood, sweat, and tears and many failures along the way to realize your full potential. But ultimately, it's not the material world that is going to satisfy you. It is the experience and the ability to look back at the staircase that you've built in your own life. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome you back, Jason. It's so great to have you back on the show. That's wonderful to be back on, Simran. I always enjoy our conversations. And yeah, I think we've been talking for, I don't know, going on six, six, seven years, something along those lines, yeah? I think so. And I think it's because we resonate very much. I resonate with your writings. I find my own life experience and the writings that I have created uh, they're always very much in line with with what you research and write about. And much of it does align with the ancient teachings, uh, particularly, you know, the letting go and living organically and uh, allowing that the practices of non-attachment and allowing the path to lead us forward. In this book, there's a little bit of a 
uh, diversion from some of those teachings. I think still in alignment, but slightly a diversion in terms of uh, also creating a little bit more of that uh, structure and path towards the things we want. So I'd love love to hear how you have married uh, the ancient knowledge with your own experience. Yeah, well, the, yeah, it is a it is a bit of a diversion from my previous books because, um, well, it was basically like what you were saying in the introduction. It was something that also I cultivated in my own life because I was always fascinated by, especially uh, the Taoist philosopher Zhuangzi or sage Taoist sage Zhuangzi, and all of these skill stories that you uh, hear in, in the, the Zhuangzi text, where you have butcher ding and you have all of these. Uh, these misfits of craftsmen and, and the, the drunk and all of these, you know, these misfits that Zhuangzi has in the book. But there was this element of uh, skill that I was attracted to, um, which is actually a component, a component of Uwei. So, as you know, my last book, Effortless Living, was on primarily the sort of the non-doing element of Uwei. This is more geared towards, uh, you could say, more so that that skill component. So that idea of intelligent spontaneity that i that idea of uh, sort of kind of forging your own path in life but doing it in in kind of that spiritual way where you are creating or you are whatever craft you're engaged in you are dedicated to that craft and what you notice is that in that in being dedicated to that craft that also overlays into also life skills so you see this this sort of this marrying between like being dedicated to a craft and which somehow uh, you feel the Tao moving through you in a sense when you when you are dedicated to a craft. But this also translates over to how we uh, move effectively through life. So that's kind of the also the metaphor within the, the Butcher Ding story because Butcher Ding is a brilliant uh, butcher. And I know that may sound grues- gruesome for the listeners, but he's a brilliant butcher. And, and Lord Wen Wei in, in the story is amazed that He's expert butchery, and he kind of asks him how how did how did you get to this stage? And he's kind of like, well, you know, the first year I tried, all I could see was the ox, and then after three years, uh, I don't see the ox no more. I, I come at it with my spirit, and all I see is like basically I see the Tao, and so the Tao the Tao moves through me, and I and I move effortlessly through life. So I was really fascinated with that sort of that effortless action element of that especially the drums are the text and i noticed those sorts of elements especially from being a writer for so long that i i I have experienced some of that you know what i mean and i I think all of the listeners have probably experienced a bit of that in in any of their crafts so that's kind of how i lent more into it and but also to 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 achieve that which is kind of ironic is that you need some sort of structure and discipline to also uh, sort of evoke that intelligent spontaneity. So it doesn't kind of, like what you said in the introduction, it doesn't kind of come through wishful thinking, but it comes through kind of a concentrated effort on your craft, which which allows you to uh, kind of ingrain uh, sort of what we would say is our becomes our second nature. So, you know, for yourself, Simran, you being a great interviewer and doing all these amazing things that you do for the last over a decade that's kind of part of your second nature now right like you can do it effortlessly without having to think about it 
but it wasn't as easy at the beginning, right? So, and the same for me as exactly. Writing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and writing for me is something too that I'm I'm compelled to do. And I think we live in a world, and you speak about this in the beginning of the book. We live in a world where we are conditioned into believing that we are to live out this template of a life and we devote ourselves to a certain occupation because it's going to be financially rewarding. Or, you know, even with much of the marketing that's out there, there's the there are these dangling carrots that can often be uh, distractions rather than leading an individual to what will truly fulfill them emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Uh, we get led off on these paths that take us down these winding roads, and they lead to their own kind of struggle. And so I want you to talk about the distinction between the hard work of truly following your dharma and your path or what you love versus the the hard work and the struggle of being distracted and carried off on a path that is against your way. Yeah, that's, I, I speak about in the book a little bit like what you were saying then, like how sort of like real success is kind of defined by you know, performance-based achievement and not money. So, um, and your question was about how, how to follow your dharma as opposed to yeah, being distracted by basically the world, right? So basically by, by society and so forth and so on. And so I guess that that's, that's going to be different for each and every one of us in our, in our life circumstance. But the thing is, is that especially if you have a craft that you're uh, engaged in, and, and something that, you know, for example, is something that you're attracted to, then you need to uh, kind of enhance that, develop that, concentrate more on that, and kind of crowd out the distractions of, especially socialization, that is tr- always trying to tell you to, you know, you, sh- you should be, uh, you know, getting a degree, you should be getting a house, and so forth and so on. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but if that's against your dharma, then you've got to try and uh, re- re-divert your attention towards what really, you know, makes you tick. But uh, in saying that, you know, obviously not everything is going to be financially uh, rewarding for us. So there is a, there is a, obviously we have to develop life skills to, to also follow that path. So um, there's so much to go into that when we talk about following, following your dharma um, as opposed to, falling to socialization but um yeah there's just we we need to really nut down what what it makes us tick the craft that we're good at and enhance that and 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 use the spare time that we have to enhance it as opposed to falling into the distractions that socialization promotes like entertainment and you know bad health and so forth and so on so that's why my book's littered with stuff about like the four fundamentals, which I, which I talk about, which is uh, nutrition, exercise, um, sleep, and meditation. So keeping those four as your solid framework, um, which helps you to follow your path as opposed to uh, as opposed to falling into the distractions. Because if we don't have any uh, sort of framework or discipline in our lifestyle, it's very easy to, to you know fall off the bike so to speak and we've all experienced that Simran you know we've all had an experience where months will pass pass and we we feel like we're out of sync with what we should be doing and life is kind of just you know blowing us here and there and so you know that can be uh, very difficult but if you have if like what 
the whole book is kind of about trying to get you out of that state, out of, out of that distracted state and making your life not so much uh, not, not so much that you have a purpose, but that you're moving in a direction that, you know, resonates with you on a deep level as opposed to, you know, having socialization encroach on you. I think ultimately what we are all looking for is deep fulfillment. And, and sometimes in the early part of life, it is easy to fall prey to the conditioning or what society tells us success looks like or how we should perform or be driven or multitask and that sort of thing. The blessing of the pandemic right now is that it, it kind of made people stop. It slowed them down long enough that I would imagine there are a lot of people questioning their lives just simply because they have the time and the space and they're questioning what they're doing and they're questioning how they've taken care of themselves. When you're talking about emotional intuition, the title in itself, connect those two words for the listeners and explain what you mean by that terminology. Well, emotional intuition is, is in a sense linked to uh, what I was speaking about before, intelligence, spontaneity, or uwe. And it's it's this uh, ability. So, for example, to explain that, I'll, I'll do the long way around. <laughs> to explain it fully is that we have two functions of the mind, right? So we have the cold cognition, which is uh, wound up in the prefrontal cortex at the front of our brain. And that's the, the cold cognition is the rational aspect of our mind. So uh, it's what uh, I call my... I say I, I am Jason, and I have an intellect, and I can cut reality up into pieces and so forth and so on. I can study, I can write a book, all of these things. But the hot cognition, which is the predom- which is the predominantly the, the unconscious regions of the brain, so most of the brain is what controls or, or is where our, where our emotions come from. And that's the area where our, obviously our, our intuitive faculties come from as well. So... You know, we when you when you have uh, your emotions, uh, they're coming from the, the hot cognition, and this is um, also related to skill. So, the the ability to act spontaneously with without having to think about it, but also like within your skill, there's like you can, for example, like a, a musician, right? A, a a good violinist can play a violin without having to think about it even though they had to think a lot about it when they were practicing when they were younger and so forth and so on. But the natural ability for that to come out comes out a lot easier. Now, when we relate that to uh, emotions, especially emotional intuition, and when we're talking about intelligent spontaneity, to try and get those two linked together especially, is that it's about acting uh, immediately but also appropriate to each and every situation. Now, they, they teach you this in also the Zen tradition through koans and through s- certain practices like that where you are taught to uh, give the master an immediate answer, but it has to be also appropriate to whatever the question is. Now, that's obviously a high level of skill that most of us may never even reach but we can at least get close to that ability where we can communicate with each other um, very purely, but also, you know, very naturally, but also being appropriate to each and every situation, which is um, something that probably, you know, a lot of a lot of people probably in the pandemic probably need to in, uh, uh, in, enhance because, you know, there's been a lot of trouble since that began. But 
that's kind of that. That's what it is in a nutshell, right? So, we we have that emotional ability, uh, but it, it's that emotional intuition. It's not in the sense that you're an emotional person. It's the ability to react uh, to each and every situation uh, appropriately, and that's also translates into skill. Like for example, if you see an athlete and a star athlete when they need to win the game, for example. They make, they'll probably come up with the right play to win the game. And that's an ability to, you know, read the terrain. You have that kind of that familiarity, that uh, recognition, like in a sense, in a sense, intuition is related to recognition, right? So you're recognizing a familiar environment and you can react to that environment in, in the most appropriate way possible. So. There's so much to talk about when we talk about emotional intuition, but that's kind of what it is uh, in, a, in, a, in a brief summary, Simran. My guest today is Jason Gregory, and he has written a beautiful new book entitled Emotional Intuition for Peak Performance. In part one, he explains a theory in the field of cognitive science that is groundbreaking and that has been around for some time but is still relatively unknown. This theory details the precise function of our mind and also our mind in relation to our body. In part two of the book, he takes the embodied mind framework for understanding skill into the domain of practicality, and he examines the fundamentals of training and discipline and strategies that need to be applied to your life that will help uh, you in the game so that you can win. And in part three... He focuses on being in a state of peak performance and what that actually feels like. He explains how the experience of peak performance affects your daily life, allowing you to live more naturally. And he explores the ancient debate between natural spontaneity and trained spontaneity through two Chinese philosophers and how they both relate to a level of freedom in our mind that most people have never experienced. This gives you the ability to trust your skill and your actions. Again, the name of the book is Emotional Intuition for peak performance and Jason Gregory has a lot going on on his website he has a wonderful YouTube channel you might want to get connected to he's also written several other books The Science and Practice of Humility Enlightenment Now Fasting the Mind and Effortless Living you can find out more at jasongregory.org that's jasongregory.org we will be right back after these messages Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships? 
more empowered community, greater fulfillment, and life purpose, the 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before we get back to Jason Gregory and his wonderful new book, Emotional Intuition for Peak Performance, I want to tell you about BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Is there something that's interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with them in under 48 hours. And oftentimes when there are goals to set, I know for myself, it's always wonderful to have those mentors and those teachers and those individuals that can help uh, have you step along and help you orchestrate those goals and move through your blocks. And so this is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online to help you move through those blocks. And there is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. Uh, They are offering uh, a special for 1111 listeners where you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash 11. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash 11. They are committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today so you can visit their website You can read their testimonials that are posted daily, and uh, you can uh, join the over 1 million people that are taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Again, this is uh, available to you for 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com at forward slash 11. And in fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are also recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So you might want to check it out if you are a counselor as well. Again, go to betterhelp.com forward slash 11 and get 10% off your first free month. 
My guest today is Jason Gregory, and we are talking about his latest book, Emotional Intuition for Peak Performance. Uh, I recommend you, uh, when you're ordering that one, to go back and also order Effortless Living and Fasting the Mind. They are brilliant books, beautifully written, and definitely high levels of consciousness in terms of moving you along your path. Spiritual freedom involves much more than going on living exactly as you have lived before. It involves a particular kind of joyousness. It is the discovery that to accord with the universe, one has but to live, and when this is fully understood, it becomes possible to live one's life with a particular zest and abandon. There are no longer any obstacles to thinking and feeling, and you may let your mind go in whatever direction it pleases, for all possible directions are acceptable. And you can feel free to abandon yourself to any of them. This is from Jason's book, Emotional Intuition for Peak Performance. You can find out more about him at jasongregory.org. So, Jason, when we talk about the cognition that you were speaking of in the last segment, uh, we are talking about two parts of the brain. We're talking about cold cognition and hot cognition. And uh, one seems to be more linear perhaps and the other one is more organic talk a little bit about um, how an individual understands where they are and how they bridge the gap so that they can live balance between both definitely yeah well the cold cognition as you said is more linear so it's kind of uh, rash it's it's what we would think about when we think about our rational selves right so it's about it's what you know helps us sort of in some sense, understand a certain framework uh, intellectually. And so, but the problem with cold cognition, even though it'll, it can help you, like, for example, it can help you learn things. The problem, what happens is, is when we over-identify with that as, that as ourselves, then that's what uh, causes all sorts of trouble because then we over-identify with ourselves as some sort of uh, person but we're not talking about the complete aspect of ourselves. So we're only, we're only identifying with that front part of our brain, really, and we're kind of dissociated with everything else um, and, and the world around us. And the hot cognition uh, is that, like I mentioned earlier, is that intuitive aspect. It's the, like you said, it's the organic, spontaneous world. It's that spontaneous uh, aspect of ourselves that, you know, for example, like I mentioned in the book, like if, for example, if a beautiful woman passes by or, or, a, or a handsome man and the, someone else was there and they, they naturally turn their head, that's kind of the, the hot cognition. So that's, the, that's nature seeing something that, is, from that individual's perspective, thinks that, thinks that that is beautiful, right? Obviously, I, as I said in, in the book, I, I wouldn't do that if, <laughs> if you're uh, around your significant other. You, may, you might get a, a bit of a slap in the head, but, <laughs> but the, that's what that is, that, that intuitive, spontaneous, organic element of, of yourself. And that's a lot of people who are creative resonate, uh, are more related to the hot cognition. So uh, sages as well so a sage is more connected to the hot cognition they 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 have they are more linked to this intrinsic sort of naturalness whereas uh, maybe a professor at a university or a scientist or a mathematician um or just a politician uh, are way more rational right so they they're way more 
connected to the cold cognition. They need facts and figures. They need all of these things to make sense. But uh, from an intuitive perspective, you know, if we look at even the whole evolution of religion and spirituality, that's the byproduct of of that hot, of the hot cognition. It's it's a byproduct of a sense that there's something greater than just this life around us, a sense of connection to the to nature, to each other, all of these things um, that you know that we have. So that also that organic element is. Uh, the hot cognition is also more related to the Eastern spiritual path too because it, it is that sense of a holism. So we have a, a feeling of, of a holistic reality. Um, and what, as opposed to the, the cold cognition being rash, rational, that the, the intellect has you know, an ability to cut the world up into this and that to make sense to the beliefs and personal agendas that we, some of us may have. You know, So... So the problem in our world is is overcompensation for the cold cognition. So our education is focused on that. Um, everything, like even socialization, even the way we parent, is is uh, is mainly focused on just this cold cognition, and about you know make sure you get good grades, make sure you become successful in society. Um, your life should have value and from a from a hot cognitive perspective like these ideas of value and purpose and all this and that is all nonsense in a sense because that they're all in some sense business terms they're not they're not related to nature itself so and we disconnect from that from that aspect that we are nature right so we we disconnect from that element and that's why i mentioned in the book simran which which you know i mentioned the, the disembodied myth, right? So we've all fallen for this disembodied myth, this idea of mind-body dualism, where we we have we believe in this kind of this abstract rationality where reason trumps all. And so uh, a lot of our education and religion and our social systems are all built on this model of this mind-body dualism. So, you know, this is not a not something new it's a philosophical hangover from plato all the way down to descartes and kant and so that is basically this idea that you know the mind meaning they didn't have the cognitive uh, cognitive science terms back then but the mind being the cold cognition is something separate almost separate from a, a, the body but th- we start to think of ourselves as the this mind lugging around this irrational body right and so, you know the phrase where a lot of people will say, oh, I had to drag myself out of bed in the morning. And that's kind of a strange phrase, right? Because who's dragging who out of the bed? You know, there is no, there is no uh, mind and then there's this body. It's from, from a, especially from a, a, a holistic perspective, in Eastern holistic perspective, the whole body in a sense is the brain. And the problem with that idea of, mind-body dualism, that disembodied myth, is that we have been told to identify with one function of the mind as opposed to the other function. When, as I mentioned in the book, embodied, we, we are actually an embodied system. So embodied cognition is the ability to, in some sense, down-regulate that cold cognition. So not, not over-employ it, uh, but use it uh, when needed, you know. So but primarily, we, we are hot anyway because, like, when you open and close your hands, when you, you know, you 
sweeping the floor or, or whatever, or you're in conversation, most of the time you're in hot cognitive mode. Like that's the function that you're using. And even in conversation, Simran, like when, like if you and I were face-to-face, that's that part of ourselves that picks up on social cues, picks up on, you know, uh, the sensibility of the conversation. That's what the hot cognition does. But, and this is probably why on social media where you get the, you know, you get trolls and you get all these people who, who are misbehaving online, it's because the social cues and all of that's taken out. So their rationality takes over and they're just, you know, they, they're just being mischievous, right? So that's uh, an element also, like I, like I said, with social cues and that with the hot cognition. So it's constantly on that element of ourself. And the cold cognition is actually, in some sense, the, the second element because that actually evolved later in life. You know, we, we evolved the cold cognition, which separates us from the other animals later in life because that helped us to, to discern between what in the environment was dangerous for us as opposed to, um, you know, like just, just to be able to navigate through reality. So it really helped us to survive and, and to allow the human species to evolve. So, But at, at the end of the day, the hot cognition is still running the show. And that's also what allows all of the beautiful creativity and inspiration in the world to shine. And, but, at, you know, in saying that, you can't just eliminate the cold cognition because you need that to also download certain elements, especially when we're talking about skill, elements of the skill that you want to learn that then becomes your second nature. So, you know, to get back to your question, for people to uh, understand what they more are, are of, you know, you just have to think if you're, if in some sense, if you're a super intellectual person, then you definitely uh, are employing more of the cold cognition. But if you're more of a creative and uh, spontaneous and intuitive person, then you're you're employing more of the the hot cognition. But as I as I mentioned in the book, both have errors and and both both have their benefits and flaws. Um, and, and to just explain a few of those briefly, like for example, even though hot cognition allows a lot of the you know beautiful things to happen in the world, like music and art and uh, creativity and just you know just fun and everything comes from the hot cognition. But at the same time, it can cause trouble. Like for example, if you if you want to be on a diet and then someone puts a and, and you said I'm not having sugar, and then someone puts a chocolate cake in front of you, your hot cognition because of evolution, just sees, oh, sugar, good, you know, sugar going to keep me alive. But, <laughs> you know, you know that you've made that commitment to yourself that y- you shouldn't be having that. So that's that's how we can slip up with the hot cognition. Now, to talk about the cold cognition in, in the same vein, the benefits of the cold cognition is that that is what can make you uh, stop stop yourself from grabbing the chocolate cake, right? So that's that function of the mind that says, no, 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 wait up. You, you made a commitment that you're going to be on this diet and you're not going to eat this. So, you know, I go at this. Right, you, you write examples. in your book uh, to integrate the two systems so that they work together, we have to develop that ability to concentrate for extended yeah. periods of time. And then you also write, intrinsic drive cannot be artificially created. It has to be an emotionally intuitive response from the hot system. But without a strong cold system, it's hard to nourish that natural calling to explore 
your intrinsic drive. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. That's right. Well, yeah, if, if, if you have a, a weak uh, cold cognition, then, you know, you can become, you know, we've all probably been there where you've, you're, you become a bit too intuitive about things. And there's, there's actually a thing in cognitive science called intuitive errors. So you'll, um, you'll intuit something, but it's incorrect. You know, I, I use a few puzzles and that in the book to, to illustrate that, that in even students in Harvard and that failed this test. There's, there's one test in there called the bat and ball puzzle. Um, but there's, there's, you know, to, to have that embodied mind, like, like what you mentioned, you, there has to be a, like a, a, almost like a seamless flow between both uh, cognitive states, between to- both functions. And um, overemploying one or the other leads to, you know, problems because uh, with everything I mentioned before. But yeah, so having a, again, having a strong cold cognition can be helpful for uh, certain things like intuitive errors and also. Um, if you're a very emotional person, for example, having a strong uh, cold cognition will help. Um, but having a weak one, that's when, you know, obviously our emotions can get the better of us and uh, so forth and so on. But there has to be, it's, you know, like everything I talk about in the books, Simone, there has to be like almost an, an intuitive understanding of um, how and when to employ, employ these uh, during your life. Our endowed nature was not designed to deal with the unnatural complex world we find ourselves in. Training spontaneity, though a skill is essential to move efficaciously through the world, such training strengthens our resolve to deal with the inevitable obstacles of life. Many of us react emotionally when we struggle with life, but training spontaneity allows you to embrace it as a result overcome it. Your actions and reactions will be centered and focused, allowing your innate goodness to shine on others. An optimal life is a life in harmony with the world. Spontaneous skill evokes this harmony. This is from the book Emotional Intuition for Peak Performance. It is out now, both in paperback and Kindle. And uh, you can also uh, check out Jason's other books, Enlightenment Now, Fasting the Mind and Effortless Living along with the science and practice of humility uh, when you place your order. You can go to his website, jasongregory.org, and check out his YouTube videos or sign up for his newsletter and find out more about this wonderful and brilliant man. I look forward to being right back with you after these messages. want more more joy more abundance more power and presence how would it feel to have more loving relationships more empowered community greater fulfillment and life purpose the 1111 mastermind community inspires empowers guides and supports transformation shift your mind expand your heart deepen insights let go and chart a new course dream a new dream The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. 
courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. I invite you to visit the 1111mag.com website. Uh, There's a whole host of courses that are being created and developed by uh, past alumni of 1111 Talk Radio and 1111 Magazine. Uh, These are beautiful mini courses that allow you an introduction into some vital and beautiful content, but also a deeper experience of some of the guests that I have had on. It has been a beautiful way to showcase them and to collaborate as well as create a beautiful service for our ongoing listenership and readership. In addition, all of the digital issues of 1111 Magazine are always archived for free, as well as the archives of 1111 Talk Radio. Uh, They are timeless uh, pieces that allow you to continue to grow and expand, broaden your mind, and open your heart to new ideas, expressions, and individuals. So definitely check that out. And you can go to my own website, IamSimran.com, and check out my books as well as a lot of the new artwork I've been putting out. It's been a delight and a soul calling to express myself in those new ways. So go check it out and see what you think. My guest today is Jason Gregory, and he is talking about his latest book, Emotional Intuition for Peak Performance. Letting go allows the mind to be equanimous. This is the naturalness of intelligent spontaneity. This is a state of mind in complete poise, absolute centeredness, and natural spontaneous response. As the student rests in this spontaneous alertness, the master comes and swings for a blow to the nose, but the student defends it effortlessly without thinking about it. It doesn't matter which direction the master comes from, because the student will defend all attempts without having to plan for them. You can find out more about Jason Gregory at jasongregory.org. Definitely check out all that he's doing. When we're talking about developing a skill and having structure versus the inorganic way of life. Um, So oftentimes, the organic way of life can feel like freedom, but many times freedom actually does come through discipline and structure. Uh, Talk a little bit about this uh, 
this philosophy of creating that structure and developing those skills and uh, building our path to freedom. Definitely. Yeah, well, I mentioned in, in the book, yeah, like I mentioned in the book, Simran, the, the organic path and the kind of like train spontaneity, right? So you have uh, Lao Tzu's philosophy of, you know, following just nature and non-doing and like I mentioned a lot in a lot, my last book, Effortless Living. Then you have Zhuangzi, which is still, he's still on the path of effortless living, but there is a component in the book of uh, trained spontaneity. So following uh, some sort of structure, uh, system to, to get to that, to well, to be able to follow whatever craft or path you're on effortlessly. And to do that, I mentioned in the book, I mentioned four fundamentals. So I mentioned, uh, I mentioned them a little bit earlier, but I, I'll mention them again. That's uh, the four fundamentals of life are basically meditation, nutrition, sleep, and exercise. And, you know, a lot of people say sleep, but a lot of us forget that, uh, well, a lot of us don't take sleep seriously in the modern world, right? So if you go to bed at midnight and you wake up at four in the morning, this is supposedly a badge of honor. But all day you're walking around in a suboptimal state. You know, we need seven to nine hours sleep. I mean, the scientific research is there to suggest that that's what we need to be at an optimal state of performance. And I mention a lot of the science of sleep in the book and, and methods of, you know, how to get into a good state of sleep. But those four, uh, fundament, four fundamentals are what create what I call masterpiece days. So you need to look at each and every day as like a piece of art. Like, what are you going to do with today? You know, so you don't have to achieve a lot of things, but are you going to make it a masterpiece? Now, the way that you make it a masterpiece is by following those four fundamentals. And so it's about and, – and you don't have to start like a – you don't have to go gangbusters at the start and try to be like a monk or someone like this. But, you know, if you just implement, for example, if you just go for 20 minutes of meditation in the morning, you go for a half an hour exercise in the morning, you've already squared off two – of the fundamentals before you've even had breakfast, if, if, if you eat breakfast, you know. And so, and then also watching our diet is also another thing. Like our, our, our diet has kind of become, well, most of it, the world's diet is kind of pretty relaxed, right? There's only a few nuts in the world <laughs> that go psychopath on their diet. I, I know that it's, it, there's, there's a big craze with uh, fitness and this and that, but it's still such a, it's such a minority, right? And, but in the book, I'm not suggesting uh, like you, you need to go for one diet or the other. I mentioned sort of the diets that I've been interested in and the benefits of them. But I talk also about having a disciplined diet. So no matter whether you're going to be vegetarian or paleo or, or whatever, um, you have that kind of as a focus which keeps your mind away from distractions. You know, So it's kind of like being it, – it's a non-negotiable, right? So – I'm not going to eat this and I'm just going to eat this. So this, uh, in a sense, contributes, like like you mentioned, that freedom through discipline as opposed to uh, the freedom from discipline, which which would be probably Lao Tzu's idea. But Zhuangzi's idea of freedom through discipline is that, you know, if we apply these certain structures and that to our life, that that will evoke – a sense of uh, naturalness, which is in Chinese we call it zidran, and zidran is uh, organically of itself. 
so that that means uh, to be naturally of yourself without you know having to think about it you don't have to think about being simran you're just simran you're just spontaneously of yourself you're acting uh inharmonious you are harmonious with the environment you are perfectly calibrated to the world and so that's kind of what it is but on the other side of the spectrum Lao is not wrong if you follow just the way of nature and not doing like i explain effortless living you too will you know uh, because naturally we are spon- we are spontaneous we are spontaneity of itself that's what life is life is spontaneous and humans are as well but socialization and, all, and everything that we go through in life often um wears this down where's uh, you know warps our nature I mentioned in the book about warping our nature. So, um, so yeah, in following that, just that simple four fundamentals, then that will, will sort of put your life in good stead. And then I also talk to, on top of that, I talk about cultivating intelligence and also harnessing creativity. So they're the two outgrowth of following the four fundamentals because what's the point of just exercising, meditating, you know, sleeping well, eating well, if you know you just are not going to or if you have no you know passions or self-interest i mean we're all human right so we all uh, get interested in certain things so obviously cultivating intelligence is 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 very important especially in the world we have today and harnessing whatever uh, creative outlet you know we have And, and i and i and i unpack heaps of skills disciplines in that regard as well and it sounds like you're talking about living a life of quality versus living a life of quantity and developing those skills or reaching that intelligent spontaneity really doesn't have anything to do with goal setting. It really is more of uh, developing the trust and the discipline to create a life of fulfillment and peak performance. It definitely seems wrong. Yeah, the, well, the goal setting, the whole goal setting strategy is kind of a Western strategy, right? Like goal setting, your your life needs to be have value, and you need to have purpose. This is all uh, come from uh, you know Western culture. So in in Eastern culture and Eastern spirituality, that doesn't really exist. It's about if you're going to do something, <laughs> I mean, you do it well, right? So. Uh, like you said, it's more about quality than just about uh, creating quantity and, and 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 creating so-called worth that you that you are creating. Like you're already worthy is the mentality of Eastern philosophy. You already have value. Your life itself is the purpose. You know. So these are the different mentalities that we have to get. Especially if we're interested in Eastern spirituality, a lot of Westerners come to Eastern spirituality and they think of in terms of how is this going to benefit my life? If you ask the sage, they would say it's not going to benefit your life because the whole idea of Eastern spirituality is to get you out of the way, (laughs) you know, like you are in your own way. And so we need to get you out of there. There there is no so-called goal to reach because you are the goal, you know, you are the goal. It's turning it it, it back on its own head. And so, what you're trying to do is like what you're trying to do is have that sense of awe in your life. So, for example, Cal Newport mentioned in his book Deep Work when he met a blacksmith, and he was just an honest blacksmith, and the blacksmith has been doing it for years, and he was so skilled at it. But when 
Cal observed him, he was bashing, he was making these swords, right? No one really cared about these swords, but these swords were beautifully made and, and he had been doing it for who knows how long. And then when he sort of had the shape of the sword and it sort of came together and he held it up in the light, there was, Cal said there was this look in his face that that was that, you know, that moment, that sense of awe. And so that's kind of that quality you're talking about, what we're trying to, not not even what we're trying to do, but how, how we're trying to live our life. You know, how we're trying to live our life is in that way, to, to, to have a life of quality and not to think that you need to create value or you need to reach certain goals because often in the end that we're chasing goals and we end up chasing our own tail right like we, we reach one goal and then we get reached and we need to reach the next and you know we've all heard that before so this is a whole reorientation of how we need to think and we need to think in the complete opposite and that's basically the whole crux of Eastern spirituality I love the section where you you talk about how the little things matter because it is it's the fine details it is the subtle nuances and and the small steps that actually end up contributing to our greatness. How have you found that in your own life? What are the little things that matter for you? Little things that matter for me is just having uh, I guess quality time with my wife, uh, going for long walks. Um, especially when I get in a bit of a funk, uh, if I'm uh, writing or if I'm doing something like that and I'm thinking too much about, you know, what I want to do with that certain project, like I mentioned in the book, those one percenters, it's better to fall back on the basics. And often when you fall back on the basics of anything end of life, you, you notice that things just start to fall into place anyway without trying to, you know, climb Mount Everest to do it, you know. So that's what I've found. And, and for me, always my quality of life is first, not money, not uh, anything else. It's about, you know, what sort of life am I living? Like, And I don't, and I don't live an extra, extravagant, extravagant life. I just live a very simple life. So for me, it's falling back onto things like meditation and spending quality time with my wife and, you know, just, you know, being present being more present with people or with the people around me instead of getting too far ahead of myself. I think we've created a culture where we're so far ahead of ourselves, we can't see what's happening right now. And so if we can focus on those little details, Simran, and we, you, you notice that those things, they, they just naturally just fall back into place. Yes, they do. And during this time of a pandemic, it is the perfect time to slow down, to reevaluate your life, to reset and focus on the little things that matter. Uh, You can develop your emotional intuition for peak performance, beginning by picking up Jason Gregory's brand new book. While you're at it, check out his other ones, Effortless Living, Fasting the Mind, Enlightenment Now and the Science and Practice of Humility. Uh, Also check out his website and his YouTube channel. You can go to jasongregory.org. Next week, my guest uh, is James Redfield. Actually, uh, for the next month, we are going to do a four-part series on the insights and abilities of the Celestine Prophecy. It will be a beautiful expansion into the insights and what abilities can be developed in today's world facing what we are dealing with on a day-to-day basis uh, wherever you go in this country and in this world. So definitely tune in each week of the next four weeks for James Redfield. Until then, 
Uh, I am Simran, in love, of love, with love and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey. 